Bags down, spikes on. Welcome to the track. My name's Colin Waitsman. I'm going to be your host for this episode of Track World News. And before we get into everything, I want to make sure to ask if you could like, subscribe, uh, give the show a rating. Uh, it really helps us out. Know that you're enjoying what you're listening to. Uh, we have some really interesting and cool content that is going to be coming right down the pipeline soon. And we have some awesome updates for the channel as well. So we're going to get right into that. First, we are going to officially announce that our website is now here. Yes, you heard it here first. Our website, trackworldnews.com, is now available. Uh, if you look at www.trackworldnews.com, you'll find it where we're going to be having links to all of our shows for both of our commentary episodes as well as our uh, interview series, then we're also going to be having other things coming along like blog posts where we'll have uh, full out um, papers on, on interesting things that I thought were cool, uh, where we've had usually just the, the top eight power rankings. We'll have the entire list uh, of power rankings as well as other previews and, and productions going along, as well as a shop that's going to be coming around pretty soon. So we're going to be having some interesting uh, merch coming out sometime within the next few weeks. Uh, make sure that you check our Instagram to see updates on that. But that's super exciting. Uh, if you go to there right now, it's going to be pretty bare. Uh, we're just getting started, so we're going to be putting all of our stuff in within the next few days, but that is available. So, so go check that out uh, and let me know what you think. So that's that. And um, yeah, so we have a bunch of things that I want to update on. First story is is not it's not great it's it's awful and then we, we want to get into the rest of the the good news so let's just get get a, over with this so uh, if you haven't seen or you're not familiar there's recently was i don't know what you would call it a uh, racism scandal um some racism with a student athlete who runs track at ucla he's a distance runner for both cross country i believe and then the 800 the mile whatever He's a senior at this school, and you can Google his name. I, 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 don't, I don't care about him, really, but yeah, it's a distance runner from UCLA. And I guess he sent text messages to his ex-girlfriend or some girl, whether it's a friend or whatever it is. It's, it's, this is a fairly, fairly new story, so we're still not sure exactly who, who the person is, but it looks like it's an ex-girlfriend from, from the messages saying... Uh, you really cuffed an N-word, saying the actual word, with nothing going for him. And a bunch of other expletives, race, racist remarks and all that. And for those that don't know what, what cuffed means, it means you're really going out with, you know, an N-word. And it's, uh, it's upsetting. And it's not just upsetting with what this person is saying, because it's, you know we're this all the stuff that's been happening not only in 2021 and 2020 with racism that that we've seen and this is still going on and you're still saying it is it's like it's mind-blowing to me but at the same time it's like it's not really because i'm like i'm not surprised at any more of of things that are, that are coming out it's it's a weird dynamic and the bad part i think is that ucla hasn't really done anything about this they've actually 
The only thing they've done so far is disable the comments on an Instagram post where it says, oh, meet day. I think it's like last week saying, oh, it's meet day. Let's, let's get going. And he's one of the photos on it. And they disabled the comments. And uh, nothing's happened with, with him yet. They haven't made a public statement. And it's it's like, why are we still even even doing these things? I know it's... It's, I don't know, it's super upsetting that we're still going through this racism after everything that, that we've we've gone through. And you have teammates on your team that are that are black. You've probably been on relay races with, with black student athletes. And you're just saying these things. And then since the school hadn't done anything, I'm sure you had to go to practice again with, with other black student athletes. I mean, that... That, that had to be an awful experience for, for everyone involved. And so it's just more examples that nothing's really changed. That it's, yeah, sure, the year continues. You think, oh, we've had all this progress. But really, things like this happen all the time. And it's it's just more more upsetting stuff. And I'll, I'll keep updated. I'll keep you guys updated with what happens in the future if anything happens to him. But, you know, who knows. Uh, now let's get into the actually good stuff and exciting things that have happened, uh, this year, this week in track and field. So, uh, Grant Holloway and Rye Benjamin, uh, two of the top hurdlers in the United States and in the world said, Hey, when are we going to have a pro day, an NFL pro day or an NFL combine? And they both have said that they really want to get into doing an NFL combine, running the 40-yard dash, and all the other events that are going on in, in an NFL pro day. And so I'm saying, let's do it. I'd love to see the top athletes competing in an NFL pro day. I think they'd be a perfect merger of track and field. I think this is an excellent opportunity for U.S. track and field and the NFL to have a like to have a collaborative effort right here. Perfect opportunity where you can say, "Hey, we're going to have a pro day where it's NFL athletes and and college and track athletes that are going to be competing in the 40-yard dash, the vertical jump, the broad jump, the overhead shot, and." Um, I guess that would be the four events. So there would be those four events. Oh, and bench press. I th that w it would be great. And you could do it like within the next, you know, in this transition of indoor and outdoor, I'm sure, when there's still football players that are not competing yet. It's not championship season for the track and field athletes, and you're not doing anything that's that's too strenuous on the body. It would be a perfect time to, to get a nice merger, help grow the sport of track and field, and also the NFL. I'm sure there would be a lot of players that would be like, yeah, I'd like to see if I'm faster than the number one 100-meter runner in the world. I'd love to know if I'm stronger than the best shot putter in the world. Love, like, I think this is a perfect opportunity to have a collaborative effort between the NFL and USA track and field. Saying that, is it going to happen? Of course not. It's, there's no shot that it's going to happen. Uh, I would love for it to, but there, I just don't see them putting this type of thing together because, you know, it's different. And it's what people, I think, would actually enjoy seeing. And so it's upsetting. It's not going to happen, but it's something that I wish we could see in the future. Next, I uh, want to talk about a, a closing or a review of the American Track League. So for those that know, don't know, the American Track League had their final of their four series for the indoor track and field, indoor track and field series where they had every Sunday, except it was the last one instead of, instead of it being what should have been last week, it was this past Sunday, um, they had 
great athletes coming out on ESPN in the afternoon on Sundays, uh, competing in a two-hour meet with a variety of different events going on, from the 60 to the mile, shot put, long jump, all the stuff for, for men and women, and having some really great athletes competing in it as well. And this past week was super exciting because they introduced having a high school um, 200, um, and they had the best high schoolers in the country coming out. And we even saw the high school indoor 200-meter record get taken down by Jaden Slade of IMG Academy, who ran 20.62. He was moving. He was doing very, very well. Uh, and he even tripped in the opening section, uh, the opening uh, blocks. Like he, he fell and, and you hear Otto Bolden going up. Well, there goes a chance for the record. And he still breaks the record. It's crazy. This guy's super fast. And I think he's only a junior, if I remember correctly. So he still has time to really have a great high school career. Um, overall, not just looking at last week. I think it was a success. I think each week improved. I mean, this past this past meet, we had some difficulties with audio and um, just some other technical difficulties uh, going on where it was glitching out during the 200, which which kind of stunk. They figured it out, but I mean, those those things happen. I'm sure something was going on behind the scenes that they'll be able to fix for the future, but that was a thing. Uh, overall, I say I'd say it was a success. They had really great athletes competing. They had a world record go down, several American records uh, going down, and then other national records for athletes in Australia, New Zealand, Ireland, and, and many other countries, uh, records records getting shattered left and right, a lot of world leads. And so overall, it was, it was a success. They had great athletes coming out. What do I think they could have improved on or, or should be changed going to outdoors because I think they definitely need to do something like this for outdoors and of course they will because outdoors is where real you know track and field coverage improves like that's what the that's what most people are, are looking for I would say that I would love for for the outdoors to have um, more field coverage it, it was especially this last meet it was like you didn't even have to have any indoor, any field field events going on because they didn't show it at all. There wasn't a single showing of the men's pole vault. There was like a highlight of the the men's long jump, and then they showed like three jumps in the women's pole vault. And so it's like, well, there you just showed the track events. You didn't show any of the the field events, and so it's like, why even have them if you're if you're not even gonna show them? Like, I feel you should be focusing on them anytime that a race is not going on, which is a majority of the time, you should be showing other events because while I don't care about like the, them just like walking around when I see that there is an event going on, like it was so frustrating because I saw there was one time it was at the end of like the 60, they're like looking at the, the athletes walking around, talking you know, saying, oh, it was a great race, you're doing well, like doing a closing, while there is literally an event going on in the background. It's like, why don't we have a cameraman on there so we can see this event going on? Because like, then it's just, it's just pointless even having it, you know? So I would love to see more field events coverage. Uh, and then another thing, kind of nitpicky, I do want to see different uniform colors for athletes. I think it would make it super easy. I 
to actually see who is who because, I mean, I'm a fan of track and field, and sometimes it's difficult because everyone wears the same freaking uniform. Like, Nike, it's the blue and the green, like, diamond shatter pattern, and it's, it's every athlete wears the same one. And so it's like, why don't we get different colors, different designs going on, so it's a little bit easier when you're saying, oh, yeah, when you're you're looking for Trayvon Bromel, he's the one wearing the green top black bottoms or whatever it is, and you know, oh, that's him because he's the only one wearing that. I would love to, it'd be so, it'd be so much easier, but overall I think it went well and looking forward to seeing how outdoors goes. Uh, Paul, if you're listening to this, uh, thanks for putting this on. It, it's been great and looking forward to seeing what, what you guys do for the outdoor series. I think the sponsorships, uh, really were a great touch and made the, um, the arena not be as bare and obviously you're making more money uh, as well. So that's always great. Um, Another thing that's not really good news in our sport, it happened late last week, so just missed putting it in last week's episode, but the Ivy League announced that they're going to be canceling all spring sports. So this means that the Ivy League canceled the spring sports for last year. They canceled fall sports for this year, winter sports for this year, and spring sports for this year. So it's now been a year and a third of the season. So if, if in two years you have six seasons uh, that can compete, they canceled four of them. So two-thirds of the sporting seasons in uh, the Ivy League were canceled, and a little, actually a little bit more than that, I guess you could say, because there wasn't the NCAA championship for basketball, so some of those winter sports were still competing. So it's actually a little bit more than two-thirds of the events were can- uh, years were canceled. And this is another thing where I just feel for the students. I feel super bad, because now it brings to the question, what do you do if you're a Harvard, Yale, Princeton, whatever it is, student-athlete? Because... On one hand, you've, you've been accepted and you're a student of an Ivy League university. So you're obviously smart because you're not, you're not getting in to Harvard just because you run a 10-0. Like you, you can't just be super fast and be, you know, dumb and be able to get to these Ivy Leagues. There's plenty of other schools where you don't need to have that 4.0 or like 3.839 GPA in order to get into the school. So you got to be smart and you have to also, you're also most likely taking pride that you got into Penn, Yale, whatever it is. You're probably taking pride in that because it's hard to do. And then on the other hand, you're also a student athlete and you want to compete. And now I'm, I know a lot of you are probably thinking, oh, well, they can just redshirt and then take their year next year when it opens back up and they'll be fine. Yes, except the Ivy League has a funny rule where they don't actually allow you to redshirt. And I, don't, I haven't seen anything that is saying this year is getting treated differently. If they have, then, you know, completely disregard what I'm saying, but they don't allow you to redshirt. So if you miss this, uh, these years, they're gone. So you can still use your eligibility elsewhere, but you can't use it here at Harvard. So you don't get to redshirt. You, you get to compete for the four years that you're supposed to. And if you had an injury or some other type of redshirting, you're able to take that at another school or university, but you can't, you can't do it at Harvard. You get four years and that's it. And so a lot of these student athletes are probably thinking, especially if they're not seniors, Hey, I really want to compete, you know, in, in the 100 shot put pole vault 
hurdles, whatever it is. But I also want to get this Ivy League education. So they're probably thinking, do I stay and and not be a student athlete anymore? Um, or do I transfer somewhere else where I can get a, a really good education? It won't be from an Ivy League school, but it will be able to allow me to compete and, and try that thing. Uh, it's a hard it's a hard decision to make, and it, it obviously depends on how good uh, you are at athletics and how smart you are and what your passion is to do after you know school. Like, so it's going to be a tough situation. It's a situation I definitely was not in. I was definitely not in. Uh, I was not smart enough to go to an Ivy League school, that's for sure. And so I can only feel for these athletes and, and the decisions that they have to make. It's it's got to be it's got to be really difficult for sure. And then uh, for our last, yep, our last story of the day. Uh, first, you've probably met, noticed that we didn't go over power rankings for the NCAA this week. Uh, that's because it is actually conference championship week for most of our major conferences. And so this week we're going to be doing a conference championship preview. And then we will have our final pre-NCAA uh power rankings coming out next week where we're going to discuss them more in detail that's why we didn't go over them today because we were busy i was busy doing things for this conference championship preview and that brings us to this story where we're going to be talking about the conference championships and who i think is going to win and be the runner-ups for next uh, for this uh week's championship so there are we're doing the power five I'm going to have the winner and the runner-up for both the male men and the women. So that's going to be 20 different predictions. And then we'll see by next Sunday or next episode, so next Tuesday, how many I got right. So uh, make sure that you let me know what your predictions are. I'll put some stuff on Instagram and we'll see what you get. Um, I'm going to have in our new website a blog post where it's going to have all of the conference predictions. So every single conference in Division One we're going to be having. I'm just going to be going over the Power Five here in the podcast, but I'm going to be posting all of my predictions on the website coming up shortly. So if by the time you listen to this, it's not up yet. It will definitely be up during the week. So tune in and see where where I where I am. So if you're an athlete at one of these schools, let's let's see if I think your team can win or not. Uh, so let's get into it. First, uh, we're gonna go with the ACC. Um, the ACC I think is dominated by one school for both men and women. That's FSU. I had Florida State winning for the men. Florida State winning for the for the women. I mean Florida State for on on the male side they really have a good shot at winning the NCAA championship as well. Uh, they're, they're right up there with a, a couple other schools that we're going to be getting into later on, so don't want to quite spoil it yet. So obviously I think they, they can win in the conference uh, as well. They're, it doesn't mean that they don't have a lot of stiff competition because there certainly is a lot of competition in the ACC. Uh I just think that they're going to be able to to take the W uh, there in the ACC. Uh, then runner up, who I think could could challenge them, Virginia Tech on the men's side. Uh, they have a lot of depth, not as high of a, a ceiling. So where FSU, they don't have as many uh, people coming in, uh, but they're all like at the top uh, points for the, the conference. Uh, Virginia Tech has a lot more people just lower on, on totem pool, so they might be able to get a lot of those people that are at 
you know, five, six, seven points, uh, five, six, seventh place, be able to, to boost them up there a little bit. So that could that could definitely push them up through the ranks. And same thing with Virginia. Uh, Virginia on the women's side has a lot of people uh, on that could that could get those extra points that could boost them to the to the runner up spot. So uh, Florida State and then Virginia Tech on the men's side, then Florida State and Virginia on the women's side. Okay, next for the Big 12, uh, I have the winner being Texas Tech. Uh, once again, this is another school that could easily win the NCAA championship. They have a lot in the sprinting and the throws category, and uh, it's going to be hard to beat. The, the next closest team that actually I think could take them down and because of their depth is Texas. And that's who I have as the runner-up on the men's side, uh, Texas. They have, some, they have some good depth, uh, and I believe jumping is, is doing pretty well. Uh, as Also, for the women's side, I have Texas, and I really think it's going to be a runaway with, with them. They have just too many dominant runners going on, uh, especially in, in the hurdles and the sprints. It's just going to be difficult. And then... Uh, I I had a change of heart and decided to pick kind of like a black horse for the runner-up. I picked Baylor. Um, Baylor isn't the number two team in the Big 12, like by by any means, but I think that they they can put together some some good running. I mean, their distance program has really improved this year. They have a good they have a good pole vaulters as well. Uh, I think that they have a shot to bring home. Um, potentially bring home the title. I did have them at number one over Texas, but I, I, I couldn't do that. That would have just been, I don't know. I think that would have been idiotic to actually try that. Uh, or a little too wild, I should say. Uh, next for the Big Ten, this one was really hard because almost anyone can win it in the Big Ten, especially on the men's side because it's so spread out. There, there's no one team that dominates uh, like I've you've seen in the past. Um, and I have Iowa winning and then the runner-up being Ohio State. I mean, you really could have put almost anyone uh, as the winners for the for these things. It's, it's so spread out. If there's one conference I feel the least confident about, it is the Big Ten. And that's for the men's side and the women's side, where I have Minnesota winning and then Ohio State being the runner-up. Uh, similar thing. Uh, I mean, with Minnesota, they're a little. They have a little bit more. They, I believe, in the distance. Their distance category. They're doing super well. But I just couldn't. You know, I don't know. I. It, it's going to be super close it, for both of them. I think it's going to be super close. Now for the SEC, uh, I say Arkansas is going to win for both the men and the women. Uh, on the men's side, this is going to be the go-to conference to watch. This is going to be super exciting because on the men's side, there are so many good teams in here. Uh, you have Arkansas. on the For the men's side, you have Arkansas, Ole Miss, LSU. Like, There's so many good teams that are going to be competing in this conference that could, that could take it. I've, I went with three different teams originally, but I think that just the depth that they have, I think they're also competing at Arkansas, if I remember correctly, which I think gives you a little bit of an edge also. Um, so I think they're going to take it, but it's going to be super close and super exciting. Uh, runner up, I went with Ole Miss. I, I went, I looked at their, where they're at. And while other schools like LSU is a little higher on, with the NCAA, uh, you know, the NCAA points, 
I figured that Ole Miss, they have a ton going on with distance. Every like Distance is easy. Everyone knows they have great distance. They're also improving on their jumps and their, and, uh, their jumping. Their other events, like their, their sprints, could, could be a little – could have a little more, but uh, they're in a super good conference for sprinting. But, yeah, they're, they're doing super well. So I think they're going to be a sneaky pick and could, could get that runner-up spot. And then on the women's side, as I said, Arkansas, there's, that's the most, that's the biggest lock that I've ever seen. I mean, if you could, I'd bet the house that Arkansas women is going to get the conference championship. It just won't be close. They're just super dominant and they have the most amount of depth in the entire country. And so uh, while in the, at the national level, their depth shrinks a little bit because obviously you're not having as many people competing at the national level. At the conference level, they, they're going to dominate. It's not even going to be close. Uh, Runner-up, I have Texas A&M. And then I f- those are going to be like the easy two teams, I feel, uh, for, for the SEC. Texas A&M, they're one of the, the teams that could take home the national title on the women's side. Uh, but their depth at the conference level isn't as good as Arkansas's depth is at the conference level. Now, when it goes to the national level and those those standings or the, the barrier of entry raises, that's when Texas A&M is starting to do well because Texas A&M's great runners are better than uh, the good runners that Arkansas has. It just so happens Arkansas has a lot, a lot of really good runners when it comes to the national versus the the conference level, at least in the SEC. That's what I think. Uh, so Texas, A&M, uh, Texas A&M runner-up, Arkansas winning for the women, and then Arkansas winning for the men, and Ole Miss getting the runner-up. Okay, and then last conference, Pac-12. Now, I'm not sure if the Pac-12 is competing this year for at least the conference championship. I looked, I was looking for their times and all the, the stats for the Pac-12 on TFRRS, and it, it only was showing stuff for 1920. So it wasn't even showing things for this year. So I'm not sure if they're having a conference championship. I believe they are. It would make sense if they are, but I'm not sure. So um, if they are, uh, what I have for the men's side, Oregon, easy, uh, super, um, amounts of depth on their men's side for the national level and the conference level. They should be able to lock it up. I'd say that's, that would be my second lock of the day, uh, for conferences. Um, Oregon coming up behind them would be USC. Their, their sprint programs really been improving, uh, where they, um, they, they've got a lot of good stuff. I think they're four by four. It should be, should be pretty interesting to watch as well. Uh, then on the women's side, uh, this one I also have is it should be pretty easy for them. USC's women, um, they're right up there for the national title, um, and they're there for a reason. They, they've got a couple Bowerman um, candidates on their team, and I think that they can really convert that into being some excellent points, especially at the conference level. And then uh, runner-up for the women, I have Oregon. Uh, the runner-up's much more of a toss-up here. There's a lot of teams that could take it, and so this is probably one of my least confident spaces as well. I really had to do a bunch of looking to see who I even think is going to be Oregon. Oregon could be second, or Oregon could come in last on the women's side. It, there's so much, uh, there's so many good competitors, and it's all about who shows up on the day. So who's going to be the team that decides, okay, this is this is the day that we're going to, you know, go all after it. So uh, those are my conference championships. Like I said, that is 20 predictions for the winners and the runner-ups. I will 
review how I did in next week's episode. Let's see how I go. Uh, if I had to guess out of these 20 predictions, how many I'm going to get exactly. So the winner and the runner up as is, uh, I would say, let's go with 15, 15 out of 20 of these will be correct. I feel like I'm going to regret that, regret saying that. <laughs> but thank you all for listening to another episode of Track World News. I hope you've enjoyed. Uh, before we leave, remember to uh, give the show a rating, leave a review, subscribe to the channel. And if you would like to get some more content, make sure that you go and follow us on Instagram at Track World News. We post a whole bunch of different stuff uh, ranging on news of the day or just interesting things going on in the sport. And uh, also check out our website. As I mentioned, we are just in the infancy of it. So it is still having uh, getting built today, but you can go and check it out where there will be a few things on there. And that is trackworldnews.com. Thank you all for listening. As I mentioned, my name's Colin. This has been another episode of Track World News. Have a good one and peace. (laughs) Peace.